Hello my loves, before we get into today's episode, I want to apologise for the quality of the audio. It was the first episode recorded in the new studio, which I was so, so excited about, but unfortunately there was a couple of problems with the audio, meaning that it just wasn't the best quality. So we'll make sure that it's sorted out for the next one. Bear with us, but I hope that you enjoy. Hey, it's your bestie Lo. Welcome to Thrive with Lois, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and to thrive in all areas of your life you're here because you want to grow inside and out so are you ready let's thrive together so today i am joined by the wonderful ellen baker who is a fellow online coach known as ellen louise fitness she is taking over the fitness industry helping women to become the best version of themselves to get strong as fuck and also to just become more confident in themselves and Ellen has an incredible dancing background she has been through the diet culture cycle you know and she has been through that and today we are going to be discussing how diet culture you know you can break free from it you don't have to let it consume you you can break free from diet culture and become healthier happier and more confident so Ellen I'm honoured to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's such an honour being the first one in the new studio. Yeah, super exciting. So first one in the studio, my first amazing guest. I would love for you to tell everyone a bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so I am currently an online coach. I run my own online coaching business um, called Strength360. And I have been in the fitness industry for um how long now four years now so i did my degree got my degree in professional dance and musical theater um, at a prestigious london college and during my second year of my degree i decided that i wanted to build another part of my sort of portfolio my my professional portfolio and get my fitness qualifications so in second year alongside my degree i was getting my pt qualifications because i was thinking you know the performers world you are notoriously jumping from one contract to the next you're always having periods in between each contract where you're out of work so I wanted to fill that space with something that I was equally passionate about so fitness and then I graduated in the year 2020 so I graduated into the pandemic where there was absolutely no performing to be done whatsoever all the theatres were shut there was nothing to do so I thought it was a great time to explore the fitness side of my work and that's what sort of led me to where I am today. I'm now fully an online coach. I've sort of left the performing industry behind and yeah, this is now this is now my route. It's really great to see you just absolutely smashing it because I remember when we first met back at a CrossFit gym, I remember having a conversation with you, you were saying about how you obviously couldn't find any work and you just kind of, you didn't really know what to do, but you'd started your, your coaching business. Or was you, was you PTing at that so point? So I, I was mostly on the gym floor. Mm. Um, yeah, I was pretty much predominantly on the gym floor and then I had a couple of very, very new online clients at the same time as well. But yeah, I was mo- I was pretty much all on the gym floor and it was during that time i think just after i'd i'd met you just after i joined the box that i was transitioning to online and yeah that was that was 
end of 2020, I think. And then by 2021, I was pretty much fully online. Yeah, it's really incredible incredible to see how you've just like grown your business over the last couple of years. And I think we're very similar in our practices, in the way that we coach our clients, mm. you know, and the the things that we stand for when it comes to helping women. You know, yeah. we very much focus on helping women to feel fucking great in themselves as opposed to chasing um aesthetics Mm. although you know having a physique goal that's absolutely fine but you cannot like nothing compares to how you feel Mm. yourself yeah that confidence that you can build and that strength you can build and i think Mm. actually in both of our bios like we really on instagram we very very much emphasize the fact on like getting strong Mm. and like getting confident and that's the core message so how did you find that transition of coming out of you know the dance industry going into online coaching the fitness industry like how how was that for you was it quite different was it quite a shock yeah I think to be honest the transition from one space to the other actually really highlighted all of the negative traits that I'd built during my time in the performing industry in that I never really fully appreciated, say, my disordered eating relationship. I didn't have an eating disorder. It wasn't as uh, drastic as that, luckily. But I did have a lot of disordered eating habits and tendencies that I never quite picked up on until I actually left or was leaving the dance uh, and performing industry. And alongside that, I think the relationship that I had with my body the relationship I had with exercise and fitness was also quite toxic. And again, it took for me to be to distance myself from the industry to actually pick up on all of those traits and behavioural patterns that I had created during that time. What were those patterns? What were those behaviours? So in terms of um, my diet, it was very much a case of, especially whilst I was in in my training, in, in the time that I was training in my degree it was very much a case of eat as clean as possible during the week eat as little as possible during the day whilst we were actually in college so that I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bloated I wouldn't look bigger in the mirror air quotes bigger in the mirror there wouldn't be any huge dramatic changes in my body from one class to the next because obviously when you're when you're training at a dance college you are literally looking at yourself in the mirror from 8 a.m till 8pm, 9pm, every single day, Monday to Friday. So it would be a case that when I was at college, I would eat as little as possible, maybe snack on insignificant things, rice cakes, little silly protein balls and stuff like that. And then when I got home, I would be absolutely ravenous and starving and think, okay, I've, I've worked my body so, so hard today so I can eat as much as I want. And that would lead to sort of not necessarily binging habits, but habits close to that I'd say and it would be like that quite a lot and then I'd see the weekend as my sort of time off and that would be you know get as much air quotes bad stuff into my diet as possible because then I'd be back into college the next day and would have to sort of scrap all of that again and it would go in that quite vicious cycle I picked up a lot of bad habits like trying intermittent fasting for all the wrong reasons a lot a lot of just really not great habits that I look back look back on that version of myself and just kind of want to want to shake myself into 
into realization of what I was doing to my body and how harmful it was when I was training so so rigorously every single day and putting my body through so much work every day in terms of the exercise side of things I was at the gym at the end of like a six seven hour day full of dance and putting my body through that rigorous training on the treadmill I would just go straight to the gym and jump on the treadmill for as long as possible and then do some really insignificant crappy little circuits in the in the sort of uh, mats mobility area that did absolutely no benefit whatsoever but I had no other I had no other option I didn't have any I didn't have a clue what I was meant to be doing that was going to be of benefit and so there was there was that and then again I remember at a time when I was going through a big big phase transition phase of my body so I started my degree at the, the heaviest I'd been with the least body confidence that I'd ever had and I went through a transition phase between sort of foundation I did a foundation year before my degree foundation year and sort of first year to second year where I lost a lot of weight in again looking back a really really unhealthy way so I remember waking up at 5 30 on college days and going for a run before I went to college and then going to the gym after I'd finished college for that day and that cycle again was yeah it was hard it was really hard but at the time again I didn't know any different I thought oh that that's just what I've got to do to to feel confident in myself so yeah lots of stuff that I had to work through (laughs) um so do you think that like you said there you kind of resorted to going on the treadmill doing a lot of cardio did that kind of come from any underlying beliefs do you think about what you should be doing or or how you should exercise how a woman should exercise do you think there was anything or did anybody tell you that this is what you should be doing or was it just something you kind of resorted to maybe you was a little bit nervous to try weights and that was your kind of fallback option like what was the reasoning behind you doing a lot of cardio yeah I think the the overriding factor was the the need in my head to lose weight and seeing cardio as the only option to do that and I think it was also a case that I I just wasn't clued in I just didn't know that lifting weights and getting into resistance training would have helped me at that time I went into the automatic assumption that lifting weights made you bulky and as a dancer you should be lean and you shouldn't really have you know huge muscles and be really bulky that's that's not the aesthetic of a dancer and I just didn't have any awareness I I don't think it came from a place of this is what a woman should do this like a woman should stay on the treadmill wouldn't a woman shouldn't enter the the weights area I think it was more just a case of complete lack of knowledge around that area and I think what once I I think in second year when I started getting my PT qualifications I actually started to really understand and appreciate the benefit that strength training would have on my body but it took a long time for me to get really comfortable with that idea that lifting weights was not not just okay but actually helped me achieve the goals that I wanted at that point much much quicker but I just didn't really understand that that was the route that I had to take. So you just said there that you know, lifting weights and having some kind of muscle, it doesn't necessarily fit the aesthetic of a 
dancers mm. body is that something that there's quite a lot of pressure about in that industry to look a certain way yeah definitely without a shadow of a doubt it's changing don't get me wrong at the moment there's there is so much movement and fluidity within that space that is allowing for different body shapes to have the limelight for there to be much less of a categorical nature of the of the environment of the industry you know it's not a case that you're skinny you're you're going to play the hero and heroine you're fat you're going to play the the best friend sidekick the funny one it's it's that's much more fluid now it very it used to very much be sort of stock characters and now it's it yeah is much more fluid but there is still such an overriding feeling of you would be a better dancer if you were thinner and had less on you so you're easier for the boy for the male to carry you all of that sort of stuff and especially in training i think when you're in training and anyone who is you know a dancer or a dancer in training or in the performing industry will understand that when you're in your training you're in a bubble you don't really you're you're not you're not connected to the theatre industry that much at that point in time. You're in that bubble of training and you know whatever it is that your college is sort of telling you and you take that as Bible. And there was the classic the classic stories that you hear from dance colleges and dance unis that, you know, we had teachers telling us, oh, we can see your lunch, you know, when you're in ballet and you're, you're maybe a little bit bloated, maybe you're on your period. No. Yeah, we can see your lunch, yeah um you know when we would have partner classes when we'd be paired up with with mm, yeah yeah. um when we were in partner classes and we were paired with another like probably a boy or if there was less uh boys to girls in the class then we'd pair up with girl girl the thinner girl would go with a bigger girl because we think we thought that's how it would work most easily that sort of stuff it was very it, it was still very very it's still very much of a toxic environment and you always fat you always found that the teacher's favorites were always the skinniest ones always the ones with the six packs and the ones who seemed most muscular because if you looked at them in the mirror you'd think they were more of a capable dancer than the person who wasn't that skinny and wasn't that muscular um so there was definitely a huge pressure within the the bubble of college to look a certain way and have that that specific aesthetic and then when you left the the college bubble and like actually entered the industry and started make, make like getting to know people and getting to know casting directors in the industry and stuff you actually saw how much more fluid it was than that bubble um implied but you didn't know that until you left the bubble yeah yeah it sounds like a a lot of pressure from you know from people that are very young as well mm. a lot of pressure um well there were, there were girls that were so my college offered degree and diplomas and we were all in sort of the same year and when you did a diploma you could start from the age of 16 so when you did the degree you could start from 18 but the foundation year and the diplomas could be 16 and you know that's a very a very high pressure environment to enter as a 16 year old who you know still hasn't even touched puberty yet for some girls um who are still work figuring out their body figuring out the changes happening in their body and how to adapt and manage that 
it's a it's a hard environment to be in. I remember I watched um, Black Swan. Black yes. Swan, yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's it's a film, but I remember watching the film and mm. thinking, "Wow, mm. there's a lot of pressure mm. for dancers, like a lot of pressure." Oh yeah, it's it's even worse for ballet dancers. You know, my my degree was in uh, musical theatre and dance, so we covered all genres of dance but for ballet dancers especially it's 10 times harder you know i thought we thought we had it bad and then we hear we'd hear stories from um you know friend of friends who were training at the royal ballet school and stuff like that and it's 10 times as harder for them because that is exact that is very much a case of if you're the thinnest you're the best sort of thing um but yeah it's a very it's a very toxic industry and it, it's there's no real significant change coming anytime soon. There is there is change sort of trickling in, but it's going to take a long time before there's any real significant shift away from the aesthetic being the main thing that is that you that you look at for a dancer. I think as well online there's a bit of a there's a movement, isn't there? Mm. That you know it's encouraging women and men to be more comfortable in their size and their body mm. which is great you know it's showing us that fitness health beauty doesn't matter what size you are that mm. it's still you are still beautiful and you still can be fit i think there's this very um i i remember when i was you know going to the gym when i was younger i very much had this belief of the less that I weighed on the scale, the smaller size I was, the 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 more of a thigh gap that I had, that it increased my my worth. Mm. And it's it's sad that you say that you know it's not changing mm. anytime soon in that industry because we've seen other industries, the fitness industry in particular, you know, start to push that narrative of focusing on how you feel mm. rather than just the aesthetics yeah um have you seen or do you have you found that a lot of clients will come to you now and they'll still want to work on aesthetics 100 percent. so like you said my my emphasis and focus is on getting women as strong as possible in every sense of the word so strong doesn't just mean how much tin you can lift at the gym strong means how you can enter a room and feel confident within yourself strong means uh having the understanding and the 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 self-confidence in yourself to you know leave harmful relationships or break off harmful friendships strength looks so strength is such a varied word and it's such a big umbrella for everything that we offer within my program but it's also a case that actually strength comes from confidence and confidence comes from feeling good about yourself and that looks different for every single individual i think at the moment there's a big big battle especially on social media of the self-love group of you know people people shouting and saying you have to love yourself no matter what you look like no matter what size you are no matter what you see in the mirror you you shouldn't live up to societal norms you shouldn't have to base yourself off off your dress size and all of that sort of stuff and then there's the other side of of the internet who is who is very much you know this is this is the right sort of look to have if you want 
to deem yourself worthy you can only be confident if you have a six pack you can only be confident if you fit into a size eight dress or whatever and i'm very much slap bang switzerland in the middle because i'm actually very much a person who thinks it, it's okay to have aesthetic goals it and i say this to clients and people who and potential clients who come to me all the time who almost seem a bit scared of having aesthetic goals a bit a bit anxious about admitting that because there is so much noise online of self-love body positivity love your body how it is all of that and they actually get to a point where they're they think having an aesthetic goal and wanting to work towards an aesthetic goal is also is almost taboo it's wrong and i'm always the the one sort of the one saying and and cheering on the concept of having aesthetic goals because it's just one of many targets that you can set yourself as long as it's not the only target as long as you're not solely focused on hitting the next you know stone bracket and that is the only thing that you are focused on as long as there's multiple other areas that you want to improve on within yourself i think that's the most important thing but having an aesthetic goal is not is not inherently wrong in any sense of the word absolutely and i think it's your body at the end of the day you know whatever you want to do with your body and if you do want to lose a little bit of body fat or you want to gain muscle that's absolutely fine but it has to come from the right place mm. in that you still are focusing on building strength mentally mm. physically wanting to become more confident mm. maybe wanting to feel a bit healthier maybe you've got some nutritional habits that you want to change so that your body is feeling fueled up so mm. you're feeling healthier and I think there's nothing wrong you know as you say with having there's nothing wrong with having that aesthetic goal but it does have to come from a healthy healthy place you know if you're chasing a six-pack or if you're chasing a size because you think that that's going to increase your worth or you think that people are going to like you more if you if you when you get there um then i think that's when it can become problematic mm. and lead to disordered eating and you know and i've firsthand been there myself you know i was always chasing numbers on the scales and it just you know when i reached that destination of oh i've got to this number on the scale or this size of clothing I was never fucking happy. No. I was always miserable. I hated myself. I hated the way I looked. And I was always saying to myself, well, when I reach this, I'll be mm. happy. When I get there, I'll be happy. Um, you know, my boyfriend will will like me more when I mm. look like this, you know. And yeah. it's always for external validation, yeah. if I'm honest with you. It's always. always that, you know, wanting other people to, I thought that it would increase my worth. And, you know, I couldn't be further from the truth. It just made me fucking miserable yeah. all the time. And it just, you know, you're never going to be happy if you're constantly chasing and chasing and chasing mm. a destination. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's during the, the onboarding process, whenever I start working with a new client, I we ha we go through sort of a goal setting um process template so that we're both very much on the same page as to what they want to achieve and within that goal setting i ensure that we have goals and targets and milestones that are across all different elements of their journey so it's not just a case of saying i want to lose x amount of kilograms by next month or whatever it is 
it's not just I want to drop a dress size. Okay, if if they know that they've got clothes in their wardrobe that they felt absolutely incredible in when they could fit into them and they want to get back to that point, amazing, fine, that's a great that's a great motivator. But as long as that's as long as that's not the only motivator that is fueling your passion for for progress. So within that goal setting process, it's a case of okay, what do you want to master in the gym? You know, what what sort of movements have you seen that you want to really focus on? Do you want to get your first pull up, your first push up? Do you want to master your squat? Do you want to walk into any area of the gym and feel completely at home and completely at ease? Do you want to feel confident? Uh, being intimate with your in your relationship because so many women that I speak to they don't they don't take their clothes off in front of their partner who they've maybe been with for years who maybe they're married to who they've had kids with they don't have the confidence in their body to be completely exposed and intimate with them so things like that having goals that vary so that you're not tunnel visioned into one specific number or one specific size it's so important not only for your physical health but your mental health as well and how that how that impacts your your well-being in general so interesting isn't it that you say um you know you have clients that don't feel comfortable to get intimate um and it's it really does stem from how you feel in yourself mm. and how you are in your mind because when i was a size 6 size yeah size six I remember being intimate with my partner at the time and I was always you know lights off under the covers even when I would get dressed in front of him I would wrap the duvet around Mm. me and put my clothes on Mm. and bearing in mind this is when I was my smallest and you know I'm putting in quotes here societal's um you know expectations expectations, yeah you know and this was around the time of Kate Moss, mm. nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, you know, it was that very, you know, chasing that thin aesthetic. And I was not confident in mm. myself, yet I was the slimmest that mm. I've ever been in my whole entire life. Whereas, you know, years later, now like building that confidence in myself and, you know, like you said, you know, going to the gym mm. and feeling fucking great when you hit your first pull up mm. or showing yourself what you are capable of doing um and proving yourself things. wrong as well like yeah. pushing your own boundaries mm. and pushing limits that you didn't even realize you'd set yourself mm. you know thinking oh I'm never going to get a pull up I'm never going to be the kind of girl who can do 10 push-ups in a row and then doing that and branching beyond your comfort beyond your comfort zone beyond your limits and then having that switch in narrative in your head to be like okay well I, I did that so so what else can I achieve and and pushing for more and more and more rather than pushing for less and less and less of yourself strength inside and outside of the gym is unmatched mm. I think having gone through that process yourself and I you know I've gone through that process of focusing on how you feel in your in your body and and yourself rather than focusing on the aesthetics aesthetics it's so amazing when you see that all translate into all areas of your life so actually feeling empowered to make decisions in your life or putting boundaries in place Mm. holding you know actually taking up space Mm. and not being afraid of being a powerful fucking woman yeah you know that is what 
actually going to the gym has given me mm. and they're the, literally the greatest gift mm. ever 100%. and i'm actually getting chills mm. talking about it and thinking about it because i think if i hadn't stepped into the weight section that day where would i be where would yeah. i be now mm. you know and i think to any woman who is listening to this and you're a little bit scared to walk into the weight section maybe you're currently in your comfort zone you're you're just focusing on cardio just fucking do it mm. just go and do it even if you you know buddy up get a friend and yeah. go to the gym because that's what i did with my first session of, of training weight so i went with my friend and we did a session together and by the end of it i was like bambi on ice mm. i rolled out of bed the next day and fell on the floor because oh. I was absolutely battered she killed me off she absolutely killed me off and i was i remember rolling out of bed just on the floor and i, I messaged her and i was like mate you you fucked my legs up but like, i literally cannot walk so you know even like buddying up going with a friend or working with a coach you know myself and ellen were pretty fucking amazing at what we do so, we're pretty good you know you've got a great you've got a great great here. um you know just just honestly like just go and fucking do it what yeah. would you, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe listening to this now and is a little bit nervous to step into that weight section the stick to the basics i think that is the most effective way to introduce yourself to the gym away step when stepping away from the cardio area and again social media hasn't helped with this with the amount of you know fitness influencers posting random workouts and very elaborate sexy movements that are absolutely useless in the grand scheme of things if you want to start your strength training journey, go into it focusing on the basics mm. and sticking with the basics. You know, if you're, if we go to the complete extremes, if you're looking at top um, pro bodybuilders and you're looking at the splits that they that they're doing in the gym, you're looking at the exercises that they're doing. Oh, they yeah. are focus. They are focusing on their squats, their hinges, their pushes, and their pulls, and that is it, mm. pretty much, give or take because that is the stuff that works that is the stuff that gets results regardless of what you are wanting to focus on if you're wanting to focus on um, hypertrophy or muscle growth then that is what you want to focus on if you want to focus on strength maximum strength that is that is the sort of movements and the basics that you want to focus on if you're wanting to work on power there's variations of those movements that you can focus on as well but it all stems back to the basics um don't go in there expecting to require frills and sexy exercises that have multiple different pieces of equipment working at exactly the same time all of that sort of stuff go in with the basics stick with the basics for the rest of your fitness journey and that's that's literally it i've had clients before who you know i've given them given them a program and they've said to me oh can we change it up so it's a bit more like this a bit more um, like they've sent me examples, say for example, mm. on Instagram, like you said, these kind of exercises that combine about three different movements in, in, in one, one go. Thing, and you're literally like, you know, un- unfortunately, a progressive, structured program that's going to get you results isn't going to be sexy. It's boring It's as most fuck. likely going to be boring <laughs> as fuck. And, uh, you know, my ADHD brain mm. doing a, a program you know that is very structured and that is you know quite boring it does get bored easily but then i'm constantly reminding myself well 
punt if you want to get results if you want to progress with these lifts like you've got to mm. be doing that shit consistently consistently mm. over and over again and nail it nail the nail the form nail the tempo just nail like nail the basics like mm. you know make sure that you're showing up consistently because this is the thing you know cherry picking workouts and copying what your favorite influencer is doing it's not going to get you results no. and you're going to be you know a year on from now not making any fucking progress, mm. complaining about the fact that you're not making not any progress, making any progress <laughs> crying about it, yeah. and, you know, just, like, you know, but then at the same time, you know, I guess it, it does stem from that, like, lack of knowledge. Yeah, you know, 100%. Everybody does know that, you know, to get results, you do need to have a, mm. a structured program that that is important. But I think, you know, the whole sexy workouts, it's, it's glamorised. Mm. The problem is, right, influencers out there are promoting these sexy exercises these these workouts you know like you said that you know it's no wonder that sally is looking at her favorite influencer who maybe has a physique that she is like oh she she has um um rounded glutes i I want to try and achieve that let's say for example then she might compare herself then she might think oh this is what I've got to do mm. to achieve this and then you know it's very easy to kind of fall into that trap of just like becoming a bit of sheep of sheep mm. following what everyone else is, is doing just because it looks sexy and hopping from one trend to the next yeah. in that sense yeah yeah and oh, honestly the thing that does my nothing as well is TikTok mm. workouts or TikTok advice yeah TikTok training advice I just, I honestly, I just need to get in the bin. I just face farm and see it. I'm literally like, what is this shit? It's almost like we've gone, we were in, we've gone in a time capsule, mm. and we've gone back to the 2000s where yeah. like these belly blasting workouts, yeah. these like slim your thighs down, yeah. workouts, secret to abs, five, yeah, get rid of your cellulite in like two minutes. Yeah, I was, like, oh, I was cracking up the other day. I saw a video. I think actually, I think it was my friend. Uh, who's also a coach called Matty, um, Matty Hill, I think his um, name is, I'll, I'll drop it here. But he is, um, he's funny, he, he likes to, he likes to take the industry bullshit and make it funny. Mm. He'll like copy it and be a bit sarcastic about yeah. it. And I saw his post and he was like copying the exercises and he was like, why haven't I got results yet? Why haven't I got slim thighs yet? And it just, it, it cracks me up because we, we've got this, you know, we've got the TikTokers making these videos, we've got these Instagrammers putting this bullshit information out there and then you've got the other side of the coin which is us trying to put out legit information mm. trying to help people. But the legit information doesn't get as much reach it's not sexy because it's not sexy no. because it's boring because it's like it's the same yeah it's the same and nobody wants to see that shit because people want quick results yeah they just want to get what they can like people people are fucking lazy people are lazy they just yeah. want to get quick results i think what what social media has provided with especially our generation now is a lack of requirement for patience and a lack of requirement for common sense because in terms of the patience thing you know tiktok if you're not absolutely thrilled by the video that you're watching within the first 0.25 seconds you're just going to scroll off again mm-hmm. and in terms of common sense like you said there's so much crap 
on TikTok and Instagram and people believe it now because they assume are oh, this is trending so loads of people are talking about this so obviously that must be correct when in reality you know fucking chia seed and lemon water isn't going to solve world hunger or your issues like it's not going to do shit but because there are seven million people with the same hashtag talking hashtag talking about the same concept you automatically believe that it's true when actually if you think okay let's just bring in a little bit of common sense here do I would I recommend this to my mum? Would I would my mum recommend this to me? Would I recommend this to a friend and have legitimate evidence behind its benefits? Probably not. And but we've we've lost that. We've lost the common sense, we've lost the patience. And that's what's the most scary about it, is that especially when you're talking about results within your fitness, patience is extremely necessary and common sense is really necessary as well because like i said it's back to the basics not just with your exercise but with your diet as well all the fucking super human food powders coming out and the amount of supplements on market at the moment it's mind-boggling and it's overwhelming and people don't know where to start so they just try and pick out the most popular supplements the most popular powders and hope that that works when actually their diet itself looks like a a sepia filter because it's so beige there's no color there's no fiber there's no protein there's none there's no basic health within their diet but they're supplementing everything and assuming that that's going to do the trick it's quite worrying but you know we can only do so much <laughs> yeah um, we are the warriors fighting the fitness industry yeah. bullshit, and we'll continue to show up and, and fight the corner i think it's you know we've we've been there before Mm. we've been through it we've gone through that journey and we know what it feels like to be stuck in that diet culture Mm. toxic you know cycle but we've educated ourselves Mm. we've been patient we've done the work and i think people might not have that patience like you said you know um it's it's hard isn't it Mm. And going back to the sort of the dance training side of things for me, I found recently, I, well, not even recently, over the past couple of years since building my coaching business, I've worked with a lot of dancers, dancers in training, performers, because, you know, I have contacts, I have friends who have referrals and recommendations and stuff. And it's always the same. It's always the same that dancers don't know where to start they don't know how to fuel their body they don't know how to train effectively it's so overwhelming and it's and it's because there is no there's no guidance in their immediate sphere you know you've got your dance teachers you've got your singing teachers you've got your acting teachers you haven't got your teacher who's going to talk you through nutrition and how to how to fuel your body through a, a eight hour day of dancing you haven't got a personal trainer or a or a coach who is going to talk you through how to strengthen your body outside of your dance classes and that's what I love the most about working with performers that I can be that person for them that I I needed when I was back in that in that realm and it's yeah it's 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 wonderful to be that person for for those clients definitely just to give them that clarity that clarity and that clarification that actually this is what you've got to do this is how you're going to get the results that you're going to get 
trust me and put your trust in me in that process and they do and they get the results and it's happily ever after so i think we should end today's podcast with some tips for the people out there that are struggling maybe they're still in diet culture immersing that very much so they're not really sure what to do how to break free from it they might not even know that they are immersed in it diet culture so what advice would you give to somebody or the kind of telltale signs you think that they might be immersed in diet culture right now telltale signs of whether you're immersed in that sort of toxic diet culture or not and immersed in that realm of low body confidence low self-esteem i think things like connecting your worth to numbers so dress sizes numbers on the scales and connecting your worth with how hungry you are all the time i find that that's quite a big a big topic with I'm always just very sorry to like, no fine very like focused on food mm. well, I, think, I, I think when i was very immersed in diet culture i was very focused on food mm. I, I was you know very that was all i could think about when you're eating food. breakfast and you think about lunch you're eating lunch yeah. thinking about dinner yeah i think that and also basing your worth on how hungry you are you are from a, a sort of hour to hour basis you think okay i'm hungry that must mean i'm doing well that must mean i'm losing weight mm. don't don't base your 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 worth and your eating habits on how hungry you are eat to satiety focus on fueling your body focusing on adding in foods into your diet rather than taking them away focus on making as having as much variety in your diet as possible to cover all the bases that all of the random supplements that you're buying are probably going to try and try and help you cover you, you know you can do that within your diet before all the supplementation comes into play and then in terms of the the exercise if you're if you're feeling like you're in a sort of disordered place with your relationship with fitness and exercise again keep it really really basic focus on what you enjoy focus on a plan that is realistic to you keep it simple in the gym do not focus on do not try and attempt random sexy workouts on one day from one day to the next keep it basic keep it simple do it do it the same every week keep um yeah keep progressing keep um repeating that's the word keep repeating what you're doing from one week to the next because you will see results if you have that patience and have some common sense when it comes to what you see on the internet what what you see online with regards to what is air quotes best for your journey so i think as well another telltale sign is that you're not able to stick to the methods that you're following mm. so say for example if you are each week finding yourself monday to friday sticking to your no carb mm routine yeah you know and then monday uh, sorry and then and then saturday sunday you're just going off the rails yeah and then it's like you dread getting back into monday mm. like you've got the monday kind of scary like, yeah oh, you've got to get back into you know then i think that's a telltale sign as yeah well. if it's making you unhappy yeah if you're you know not able to have that balance or mm. having a social life but also whatever methods that you're following because you know you can it can be quite isolating mm. i think as well especially when you are following 
some of these diets because you know if you are avoiding going out and seeing friends and going out for meals because if you're so focused on what you're eating mm. then you know that could be also a telltale sign yeah you are immersed in, in diet culture and um and you know, spending hours in the gym spending hours yeah. exercising yeah hitting unrealistic and drastic dramatic sort of step targets and things that are just not realistic to your day and your lifestyle um yeah again it comes back to that that concept of just focusing on the basics focusing on what is realistic and attainable for you on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis whilst actually allowing you to still enjoy your life and still enjoy your relationships and not allow not and you know not allowing you to fall down that rabbit rabbit hole of just focusing on the goal and having that tunnel vision having that narrow mind being in a position to be able to incorporate a balanced healthy diet and a balanced routine with exercise into your life as a whole and have it add to your life rather than detract from it I think is really important definitely and I think as well one thing to add to that would be to because a lot of the time with diet culture and the patterns of behavior with you know nutrition and exercise that comes with a lot of negative self-talk in your head you know so I think as well as everything that you the amazing points that you just said there it would be about trying to reframe the way that you talk to yourself mm. and the beliefs that you hold about yourself as well. So, which can be really, really hard, especially mm. if, you know, that kind of those, that body dysmorphia kicks in and, you know, you, you are having a bad, you know, image day. It can be really, really challenging mm. to kind of be rational in your mm. thought. Yeah. You know, it, it can be really, really hard. So, a really amazing book that I have taken a lot from and I've also recommended to loads of my clients and they've taken a lot from it as well is The Chimp Paradox yeah. by Professor Professor <laughs> by Professor Steve Peters. Yeah. And it explains that we've got three parts to our brain mm-hmm. and it's such an amazing, amazing book and it just kind of clarifies that those irrational thoughts that we have especially if we are having a low body image day you know those thoughts can be challenged Mm. and those beliefs can be challenged so anyone listening i'm not going to delve into the book too much now because i'll waffle on forever but just go and either on audiobook or um if you prefer reading definitely a, a great read if you want to reframe the way your your brain not even reframe the way that you want to understand about mm. how your brain works and some coping mechanisms on how you can re- reframe the way yeah. that you think so i definitely say that that would be a, a huge point to add to that because with that those you know behaviors and, and patterns from diet culture does normally come with a lot of negative self-talk so when you break free from that and mm. you can start to challenge that and start to be more positive and loving mm. yourself that's most of the work yeah done definitely so i would say that, that is a really really important point as well yeah 100 percent. before we wrap up today's pod is there anything else that you wanted to add i guess the the concept that i've been living by a lot recently is to 
never settle for less or never settle for average. So never set yourself glass ceilings, never put limits on your abilities, consistently strive for more and I guess enjoy that process, enjoy the journey of constantly striving and achieving more. I love that. That's a beautiful point to end on and it has been an absolute honour to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Studio. In the studio. Beautiful studio. So official, I love it. Um, (laughs) But you've honestly been the most amazing guest and to anyone listening today, I'm sure they've taken a huge, huge chunk of value from everything that you've shared. So it is much appreciated from me and my listeners. So thank you so much. So for anyone listening, you can find Ellen on Instagram at Ellen Louise Fitness. Is there anywhere else? That's my main hub. Are you on TikTok? Kind of. Kind of. It's so, it's so kind of. It's, yeah. yeah. Same 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 on same on TikTok, Ellen Louise Fitness, but expect expect more from me on Instagram, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Go and check out Ellen on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to speaking to you in the next one. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks.